Hi, and welcome to Unquenchable Hope. I'm Louanne Botta. And I'm Marianne Crum. We know it's hard to hang on to hope in a world that sometimes seems bent on stealing it, but it's not impossible. So stay tuned as we tackle all kinds of issues and talk about how, you know, no matter what this world dishes out, you can live with unquenchable hope. Hi, everybody. My husband and I are coming up on an anniversary. And it's not a wedding anniversary. It's the anniversary of when we did probably one of the craziest things that we've done in our long married life. So 10 years ago is when we moved out here to our house on our 75 acres. And I was thinking about how God sometimes uses the most unlikely things to get us where he wants us to be. I was reading just a secular funny book, and it's called 50 Acres and a Poodle. It's a true story. The lady who's writing it is actually just telling her story. They were from Pittsburgh, which is where Luann's from, Oh, had jobs in Pittsburgh, lived in the city. She just decided she was tired of city life. So they ended up buying 50 acres in the country in Pennsylvania. In this story, which is so hilarious, they're having to learn all kinds of stuff. And I think it was their neighbor that had sheep. It just opened my eyes so much to things about sheep that I certainly never knew, having grown up in a normal neighborhood. Have you ever interacted with a sheep? (laughs) When I came here, it was the first time I'm like, everybody has them. No, they all have goats here. Goats. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's goats. I don't think I've even seen sheep here. here Listen, after reading this book, they're cute, (laughs) but I don't really think I want any. And and you'll understand that as we get into this and start talking about what sheep are like. But it really brought me more understanding of why we are compared to sheep in the Bible so Mm. often. And why that's not really a compliment. <laughs> but on the other hand, it's, it's a very sweet picture when you bring in the shepherd. Yeah. So today's name is Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. If you're into the Hebrew, sometimes it's R-A-A-H and then sometimes it's R-O-H-I. It's such a cool yes. and tender picture yes. of God's care for us. And really, how stupid we are (laughs) (laughs) in some ways. So we're going to look at some of the characteristics of the sheep and the shepherd. But to get started, this name appears in Psalm 23, which is such a familiar passage to us. So Luann, if you'll kick us off by reading that. And you know, it's funny because when you were saying all that about the sheep, I'm telling you, I know I knew all this, but man, reading it again, for we know it so well, we've memorized it, we lose the richness of what it really means. And so I'm excited that we're going to be able to pull this apart using him as our shepherd because he really loves us. In Isaiah 53, 6, it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. And Psalm 103, it says, we are the sheep of his pasture. Love that. So we're known as sheep. And there's a lot of implications there's that are ton. so wonderful There's a about ton. This. I got done last night and had to text a friend and said, I am so overwhelmed by how much we're loved yeah. and how much he takes care of he us. He cares for sheep. us. Mm-hmm. It's overwhelming. So, okay, let us okay. go. Uh, Psalm 23, one to four, you said, mm-hmm. uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rest of the verses are good too, but mostly what we're going to pull out today is probably found in those first four. I got a lot of information from a wonderful, wonderful classic book that I would encourage everyone to read because it goes so deeply into this. It's written by a guy that that was or is a shepherd. I don't know if he's still alive. His name is Philip Keller, and the book is A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It's mind-blowing, whether you like sheep or don't like sheep. (laughs) This is an interesting book. Yes. He goes through every line of Psalm 23 and points out all these details. A shepherd wrote Psalm 23, the shepherd formerly known as David. Yes. There's so much meaning that we city slickers would never, never grasp. You know David was thinking about those things when he wrote it. That's right. There's so much there below the surface. So let's look at some sheep characteristics. The first thing is that sheep are the most helpless of all the farm animals. They require more care. Isn't that amazing? He knows we need care. And we're helpless. Philip Keller says most other animals could survive on their own. He said there is no way a sheep could survive. They have to have a shepherd. I read one point when I was studying on this, how a sheep would be eating grass so much that he'll go fall off a cliff because he doesn't even know he's at the edge of the cliff. I feel that way sometimes after I eat. And then... Oh my gosh, it just relates to us as humans. We take something maybe too far. We're on the edge of, you know what, you better come back. After going after the grass, they just get so far that they fall yeah. right over. No, they just keep eating. And eat their way right off the are. cliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not realizing <laughs> sorry. where they are. It's funny, not funny. There's something in us that doesn't want to feel like we're that helpless. And yet, yeah. we truly are. Yes. Spiritually speaking, for sure. Well, I think the dependency on him, he always yeah. wants us dependent upon him. We want to do it our way and yeah. try to work it out. And mm-hmm. he's saying, I'm your shepherd. Going through Psalm 23, he's really telling us he's right there in every single thing. The second thing about sheep is that they learn to recognize the specific voice of their shepherd. Yeah. We have a friend that is from Iran. And he's told stories about how the villages where there are a lot of sheep and a lot of shepherds, yes. that sometimes the shepherds will all be together in a village and their sheep are all mixed up. Mm-hmm. But the shepherd can just do a certain whistle or a certain call and all of his little sheep will just come out from the flock wow. and follow him. Wow. That it's a real thing. Yes. In John ten twenty seven, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. That's exactly right. And you know, it's so funny because I mean, come on, when a friend calls you, I don't say, hi, Marianne, it's Luann. Mm-hmm. You know my voice. Why? Because even though sometimes you don't know my name. <laughs> no, today I forgot it. <laughs> Who are it you? Right over my head. I was like, wait a minute. What's her name again? <laughs> okay. But anyway, we know other people's voices immediately. And he wants that same thing. He wants us to know his voice. What's the biggest way that you have learned over your Christian walk to discern when God is speaking to you or when is some other voice? Just recently, he's been speaking a lot to me to go to other people and give them encouragement. And I hear it as plain as day. And when when I do it, they start to cry. So I know that was him and it wasn't me just being Uh kind. Depends on what the situation Mm -hmm. is. If I think it's him, then I'll jump immediately. If I'm not sure and I think it might be me too, then I stay back and wait and wait a little bit longer. He speaks all the time. He says we're just sometimes, most of the time, not listening. Our heads are consumed with other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a growing thing, and people get really freaked out about 
this whole yes. thing of hearing God's voice, yes. but he says he speaks to us. Yes, yes. My sheep know my voice. Yes. As we go through this first four verses of Psalm 23, we understand who he truly is. It just makes it better. If I can read this real quick, I got this out of Kay Arthur. She says, if they do not have the constant sheep, if they do not have the constant care of a shepherd, they will go the wrong way, unaware of the dangers at hand. They have been known to nibble themselves. There it was right off a mountainside. (laughs) If they are not led to proper pastures, they will obviously eat or drink things that are disastrous to them. Not only that, they will literally live their lives in a rut if the shepherd does not lead them to new pastures. And that's coming up. Did you read that? Yeah, we're going to talk about the green pastures Pastures, part. But even just the fact that sheep know the voice of their shepherd, talking about, well, sheep are kind of dumb, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I would rather be considered intellectually stunted and hear the voice of God than be the smartest person in this world and not not hear from God. There's a difference between book knowledge and godly wisdom. So learning to hear the voice of our shepherd is huge. Yes, it is. Okay, here's another thing about sheep. If you have one mischievous sheep, it will search for a hole in a fence, any way to get to the other side of the fence, and if successful, it will lead the other sheep to do the same. Oh, so they follow. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have one bad sheep, it can lead the others into disaster. And it reminded me of 1 Corinthians 15, 33, which Mm -hmm. says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Exactly right. So you need to be careful who you follow. They may be leading you outside of the safety. Of his pasture. Right, of his pasture. Okay, here's the next one. And these are all from Philip Keller's book, by the way. It's really hard to get a sheep to lie down. Yes, here we go. I'm going to read a little passage, if that's okay, okay, from this book. It is significant that to be at rest, there must be a definite sense of freedom from fear, tension, aggravations, and hunger. The unique aspect of the picture is that it is only the shepherd himself who can provide release from these anxieties. It all depends upon the diligence of the owner, whether or not his flock is free of disturbing influences. Wow. No, that's really good. When it says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm -hmm. It simply means he takes care of everything. And then it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. What I had found, and this is so good, and again, I was reading a lot from another book, Kay Arthur's book, Lord, I Want to Know You, they're all the names of God. She had made a point, when it says he makes me lie down, it's not an enforced rest. It is because the shepherd meets the sheep's needs, the sheep can lie down. She said that she learned as she was studying this, that it's impossible for sheep to lie down unless four things are true. Sheep must be free from hunger, so they cannot lie down as long as they feel a need for finding food. I remember saying to the Lord yesterday, I am so restless that I can't sit still long enough to hear you. That restlessness or that sheep Mm -hmm. looking for whatever, that plays a part. I know the Lord has called me to just settle down and just listen. And I can be so caught up in so many different things. And like this sheep who won't lie down unless they're fed because they're hungry, I have not been able to sit still. So it's almost the same thing. Sheep must be free from fear because the sheep are helpless. They're timid animals with little means of self-defense and they're easily frightened. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that'll keep a sheep from laying down. They're free from friction. Their tension with others of their kind keeps them on their feet. And then the (laughs) last one is free from pests. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, sheep can be greatly aggravated and driven to distraction by flies, parasites, or other I mean, pests, which would they, torment they them. They are even known to kill themselves. Oh, no. They, because yes. they beat their heads against rocks. Yeah. Yes. Because of the pest. But yeah, we'll get to that we'll in get to just that. a minute. All right. So the next one I had, which falls in line with this, is how fearful sheep yes. are. He wrote in this book, when one startled sheep runs in fright, a dozen others will bolt with it in blind fear, not waiting to see what frightened <laughs> them. And I thought if that isn't a picture mm. of what's going on in, yes. in the world at large right now, yes, exactly. but also within the church in some cases. We need to be careful to not believe everything we're hearing in mainstream media. I know how journalism works, and that's where they get their numbers up, because when they can instill panic, I see it on the Weather Channel all the time. (laughs) Yes. It's like they're constantly trying to make us feel like the next storm is going to be the big one. It'll take us all out. Yeah, exactly, because that's what makes you tune in, right? And then we all respond in fear. So we, yeah, and when one bolts, we all just bolt. We don't even know what we're running from. That's exactly right. That, that one's very That's relevant. very huge. Okay, another one. This was kind of funny, but not really. It says that there is a butting order, oh, pecking yes. order yes. Uh, in every flock of sheep. And it's, <laughs> this, this is convicting. It says usually the top sheep is an big old ewe, which is a female <laughs> sheep. And yeah. I thought, oh no, <laughs> I'm one of the big old ewes <laughs> in the body of Christ. <laughs> So all us big old dudes got to be careful not to abuse our, our position, I guess. But it, it said that they'll just butt each other until one emerges as the queen. And, yes. And then the other sheep all establish their exact position in the flock by doing the same thing. They butt and thrust at those below them yes. and around them. Wow. Isn't it sad that we see that happen in churches sometimes? Exactly right. But here's an interesting little caveat to that. When the shepherd is among the flock, the infighting stops. <gasps> That's very good. It's like when he's not around, then yeah, that big old you <laughs> takes over and they're all ramming each other and trying to get their positions. But oh. the minute he shows up, he's the one he's in charge. Your, he, and they there su- is they a submit. word for the oh, church. Yeah, that'll preach. They submit. I had some characteristics of a good shepherd, and the, oh, yes. the pest mm-hmm. thing comes yes. in on that one. Yes. Let me just read John ten fourteen through 16. Mm-hmm. This is Jesus speaking, mm-hmm. and he says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for yes. the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. And they will become one flock with one shepherd. So that's kind of an affirmation of the name Jehovah-Rohi in the New Testament. Jesus is our good shepherd. Jesus told Peter, he commissioned him to be a shepherd because he said, feed my sheep. Yes. Well, we consider a lot of times pastors, we call them shepherds. Yeah, that's and right. And they're shepherding their flock mm-hmm. because they are called truly of the Lord to shepherd that flock. And a lot of times you get a great shepherd and sometimes you yeah. may not. I think I was reading as I was doing this, the sheep that look scrawny and all that, that reflects the shepherd. People look to him and say, what the heck, you weren't taking yes. care of your flock. And I think that when you see a split in a church or things like that that may have happened, mm-hmm. I usually look at the shepherd. That something happened in the top of yes, the ranks. Yes, it flows down. So when we have Christ as our shepherd, I just feel like listening to and reading Psalm 23, I just want to run to him as my shepherd. I want mm-hmm. all of those things that are mentioned in Psalm 23, I want that from him. 
I can rest. We can rest in a pasture and be satisfied because the shepherd is right there. We don't have to panic. And I know a lot of people been reading a lot of the news, reading a lot of things, people are concerned about their livelihood and he supplies. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's truly coming to a place and saying, Lord, I do in my part working, we're doing this, we're doing that and tithing, but then we have to rest. Look in this scripture here, that sheep is resting in a pasture. So he had the opportunity to sit down and stop because his shepherd was taking care of him and he let go of trying to do anything on his own. Sheep, like you mentioned, are pretty much incapable of finding their own green pastures. Yeah, correct. They have to be led to they them to because be they will eat a place bare yes. and then just starve to death. Yes. Because they don't know to and again, move to a new pasture. It reflects the shepherd. Yeah. And so when he's moving us on, I just mm-hmm. thought of that when you said that, mm-hmm. when he's moving us on to something different or new and we're like, oh, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I want to stay comfortable, I want to stay the same. And he's like, no, come on, I'm going to go over here. This is so much more. This will be better for you and all that. But then as we go, mm-hmm. we see that he was right. That's he's right. He's somewhere else. If you feel a barrenness in your life, it's mm-hmm. probably because you've eaten yourself into a wasteland. Well, yeah. <laughs> you we, know, or stuck in a rut. You're stuck in a rut, which that one That was one of the said. things. Yeah. That's right. Yes. You mentioned the the pest thing and the insects. And, and this guy mm-hmm. that wrote the book was talking about how diligent good shepherds yes. have to be to examine their sheep all the time. And that's one of the th- ways they use their rod. Oh, yes. They use it to separate the wool on a sheep to examine it to make sure oh, cool. see if it has pests or not. Okay, I didn't uh, It's that. also a weapon that they use for predators. They know how to fling their rod and ninja yes, yes, skills, yes. right? Ninja <laughs> yeah. shepherd skills. But it also is those pests that, like we said, can torment the sheep so badly that yes. they'll kill themselves. Yes. And so sometimes when we feel like God is pointing out things in our lives and we don't want to give them up or we feel like, oh, being a Christian is so hard. I have to give up so many things. Yeah. We don't recognize all he's doing is pointing out the pests Correct. that could end up tormenting us. That's, or that are tormenting us. Correct. Yeah. That's what got me the most with this whole thing. The pests, because they're distracting Mm -hmm. and because they can cause a lot of mental and emotional stuff. The fly can lay eggs on. I know. I read that. that In their nose. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. But then you revert back to what junk we hear in our head and we think this and we think that. But the shepherd, he anoints our head with oil. Yeah. And I read that whole part. And again, I cried when I read it and I'll cry when I'm talking about it because oil in scripture is healing and I have the greatest picture. And somebody posted on Facebook it just happened to be yesterday, obviously when, before we were doing this because God is so cool. And the shepherd was pouring oil all over his sheep's head, which is because, literally what they do, because that's what they had to do. That's mm-hmm. what he was doing for his sheep. And it was talking about the oil that obviously it says in here in Psalm 23, when you go down further, you have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. And then when I was reading about it, the shepherd anoints their whole head with oil. Then there is peace. And the oil also represents the Holy Spirit yes, in scripture. So yes. when we saturate our mind with the things of God, yes. we keep the pesty thoughts away. Yes. And when you anoint somebody with oil, mm-hmm. that's healing. That's right. And so it says that oil forms a barrier of protection against the evil that tries to destroy the sheep. So she asked this question and I wrote it down as I'm like, I'm going to answer this for myself. She says, have you ever asked God to anoint your head with oil? He has an endless supply. His oil protects and makes it possible for you to fix your heart, 
mind and eyes on him today and always. There is peace in the valley. And may your good, good father anoint your head with oil today so that your cup overflows with blessing. So in the midst of that sheep being so, has so, so much anguish and torment, once the shepherd anoints his head with oil, there is peace, peace. there is calm, mm-hmm. there is those thoughts begin to go. And that's exactly what we do. Mm-hmm. If we allow him to anoint our head with oil or eat his word and speak it over our lives, that torment has to go. Oh, and that's so good. That's what made me so excited about talking about him as a shepherd. And again, we encourage you to do your own study in this. There's a lot of stuff online because we're not going to be able to get to everything in our short time here. And we are running out of time. But one thing I definitely wanted to mention, if it's okay, is that one of the deadliest things that can happen to a sheep, even a healthy, robust sheep, is if they get on their backs. Oh, yeah. And it's called being cast or cast down. Yeah. Mm. And I thought downcast. Mm, 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 mm. Yes. If they get stuck on their back, they can't roll themselves over. over. They said yes. they'll just lay on their backs with their little legs flailing yes. around. It's kind of a funny picture, I've but it's that. it's not a funny situation. Yes, no, so right. if the shepherd does not find them in time right. and roll them over, they'll definitely die because their organs get all misaligned and yes. all kinds of crazy stuff happens. And that's why when Jesus talks about he'll go after the one, mm-hmm. you know, a shepherd will always be counting his sheep because if there's one that's missing, not only might a predator have gotten it, but yeah. it might be cast down. That's right. So he goes after the one that's cast down. Yes. This is the greatest quote here. Is it still from that book? Yes. Okay. It says, cast or cast down is an old English shepherd's term for a sheep that is turned over on its back and cannot get up again by itself. Mm. A cast sheep is a very pathetic sight. Lying on its back, its feet in the air, it flays away frantically, struggling to stand up without success. And then it goes on to describe that, but it says, if the owner does not arrive on the scene within a reasonably short time, the sheep will die. If one or two are missing, often the first thought to flash in his mind is, one of my sheep is cast somewhere. I must go in search and set it on its feet again. Then he says, there is something intensely personal, tender, endearing, yet fraught with danger in the picture. The sheep is so helpless, so utterly immobilized, though otherwise strong, healthy, and flourishing, while on the other hand, there is the attentive owner, quick and ready to come to its rescue, wow. ever patient and tender and helpful. Okay, one last quote no, with yes, that. It says, many people have the idea that when a child of God falls, when he is frustrated and helpless mm-hmm. in a spiritual dilemma, that God becomes disgusted, fed up, and even furious with him. This simply is not so. One of the great revelations of the heart given to us by Christ is that of himself as our shepherd. He has the same identical sensations of anxiety, concern, and compassion for cast men and women as the shepherd for cast sheep. Wow. So if you're listening to this, and there are a lot of people feeling downcast right now because of what's going on in our world, just know that the good shepherd sees you. He is got his eye on you. Yes, he does. If we will let him, he will come to us and get us off our backs. That's exactly right. And you know what? I felt like I was supposed to read Psalm 23 before we stopped. I'm going to read the whole thing again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil, for you are with me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I close in in prayer? Yes. Oh, Father, we are just so overwhelmed and so grateful for the way you have expressed your heart toward Mm -hmm. us in this psalm. It's overwhelming how much you care about us and how much you love us. And God, right now, I want to pray for those who are out there and feel like they are downcast. They Mm -hmm. feel like they are laying there on their backs and there's no way they can get themselves up. Lord, how I pray that you would make your presence so real to them. I pray that they will open their hearts to allow you to be the good shepherd that you are. God, I pray that you would use these truths that we have shared, Father, to encourage the the faint-hearted, that you would use it to motivate people to be open to new pastures, Mm -hmm. if that's what you want for them. Mm that they would allow you to anoint their heads with oil if they are being tormented by anxiety or panic or fear or or any of the afflictions that that we experience in this life. So Mm -hmm. God, thank you and we praise you that you're the the good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll come back next week for more Truth and Hope. And if you'd like to know more about us, check out our websites. Those addresses are in the show notes. And hey, if this podcast encouraged you, it can probably encourage someone else. So please share it and share some hope.